to Slip Angle Show. I'm Austin Cabot, and today we're in the Slip Angle Moto IQ Studios here in Gardena, California, with uh, Mr. Andy Yen. What's going on, Andy? Hey, how's it going? Thanks so, for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, I think I said Gardena, California kind of weird just then, but yeah, I don't that's know. all right. It's all the excitement, it, man. It's the Midwest thing or something. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of the infamous Moto IQ casting couch there, Andy? I mean, I'm, I hope hopefully you guys cleaned it prior to me coming here, but I don't, I don't feel that bad, but I'll definitely go decontaminate myself after I leave this place. Just well, don't look at it with a black light. It, it just it just flakes off after a while. It flakes off after a while. On the floor. All right. I mean, yeah. you know what? I'll be leaving some marks here, too, then. Not a problem. <laughs> so some of you that might be uh, FD fans may recognize Andy's name. Uh, you've been an FD judge for, what, the past 14 years, you were saying? Uh, yeah, as far as I can remember, but um, I competed the first two years. Okay. And then after that, I said... I suck at competing, so <laughs> I am going to go play for the other side. <laughs> so I became a judge, and ever since then, I want to say it's, I mean, 13, 14 years. Like, this should be my 14th year. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. So what was what was drifting like back in, in the day, like when Holy you were competing? Like, a lot different, right? A lot different. Like, once in a while, we'll, we'll not videos, so much videos, but just, like, photos that I'll go through, and I'm just like... You know, like tandem wasn't really tandem back then, but, you know, we made the best of it. But it's just nevertheless, it came a long way, you know, so from the beginning where it wasn't that much um, like big support, big involvements from all, all corners. And then to now to where uh, Formula Drift has broadened to with all the teams, all the supports, people like Kojima coming in or ASD or all the guys coming in and just making it and um kind of molding it to where it is today but literally back then it's like you get free tires oh dude i'll put a sticker on it's <laughs> yeah. not a problem you know Yo back then you know they're rocking our comps now right like back then we had yokohama es 100s and that was like the, the tire top, to use yeah. right there and then falcon was what the 415s our I don't even think we had the the the, the RT two fifteens. Yeah, I don't even think we had the two fifteens yet. <laughs> we had the like the just the regular street tires and stuff like that. But that's I mean we all came from somewhere and that's you know that's how that's how it all started. Yeah. And do you yeah. remember? Do you remember the first time you saw drifting? I actually do. You know, like in the beginning, I dragged race. I guess that's I think everybody came from there. You know, um, during the high school days and then started doing more road stuff and then i recall the first time even seeing drifting is um through um one of the guys at gretty uh toshi that i knew back then i think he's back in japan now he was showing me some videos and he had an fc i had my integra like 400 horsepower just kind of dumb and all i did is just like okay let's go out to the street races and try to get something cool stuff done but I got really intrigued in um, all the road racing stuff that they were doing. They were going to track events, and then I saw some drifting, and then that's when I'm just like, holy cow. Then I ran into Taka and all those guys, and they all had Corollas and Moto, and I was just like, what is this thing? I recall seeing it back then in my high school days when you know I was working on my Integra at the shop that I used to work at, at Robocar back then, and um, a couple of the um, other mechanics there had Corollas, you know, so I didn't know much about it. Then I finally got my hands on one for like twelve hundred bucks. You you won't find it. No, I got it for nine hundred dollars. Yeah, you can't even you can't even buy like a front clip. Oh, you can't. For you that can't. Much. Well, I mean, if you guys follow it, bring a trailer. I think they sold a blue hatch for like twenty k. Really? Yeah, and then just recently they sold another silver coupe for ten. But let's let's not keep raising the prices on those, but. So did you have a GTS or? Yeah, I do actually. Okay. I have more now. But, oh really? You know, we'll get that. Get to that. But then the first time I saw drifting was um, live. Was just you know we all started out in the streets and you know saw it in the canyons and I was just like holy cow this is a thing and I want to try it out. So that's yeah, what where what years were those? Do you remember? I want to say it was late ninety nine two thousand. Okay. There we go. Okay. So it's my first Corolla I bought was in two thousand one. Okay. Yeah, two thousand two thousand one. Yep. I feel like everything can be marked with like before the Fast and the Furious and then like after. Yeah, slowly you know, it's right like after, pre right? or post. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I've had, <laughs> actually, you're absolutely right about that. Well, yeah, but that's when I first saw it. I um, I liked it. I didn't really focus too much on it. I did more just you know racing and just messing around in the canyons and mm -hmm. drifting. Just kind of came naturally afterwards and you when you learn how to find that edge and you drive over the edge and you're trying to control that edge and right it's fun still love it so did you have your integra pretty much all the way up until you bought your first eight six yes i did okay. and that thing barely ran 
I yeah. mean, we it was 400 <laughs> horsepower. It was great, but it was parked in my grandma's house half of the time because I keep breaking it. But other than that, I mean, that's what it was in my mid mid 90s it's like a turbo b18 oh yeah yeah for sure like i think everybody's been there yeah <laughs> i still remember seeing like dr charles out there and steph out in like terminal island out in long beach and all the street races stuff too so again we all came from somewhere yeah hmm? i mean stuff. you know for me i didn't grow up in southern california but i was reading all the magazines and you know i think we've talked with with mike about this before on the show to me southern california just seemed like such a mecca for for anything with import culture and it still is i agree i agree it still is but i mean you know where where do you say you're from again i grew up in atlanta actually atlanta, dude, yeah it's still the imports out there is yeah. crazy too. so i, I remember mean, going to like nopi nationals yeah, and stuff it's across the whole u.s yeah. man yeah it's across the whole u.s you'll find the little pockets here and there and then they're just they're you're gonna find the import fan yeah for sure so how long have you and mike known each other um, I recall dude, years now, eleven years, eleven, or something? Yeah, yeah, roughly that. I remember he's just always. Um, it was always fun hearing his stories and the way he explains how things work. And then I'm always just like, that's the guy that I'm going to ask when I have a problem with my car. <laughs> and then whether I understand it or not, he's going to point me towards the right direction. <laughs> so that's what I always, I always, I bug him like, cause I, yeah, I still have a Corolla. So I'll be like, Hey, my car's doing this prior to this. We were talking about, I just got new suspension. I think I went too crazy. He's just like, nah, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. There's always a way to figure things out. And I'm just like, all right. So he always points me in the right direction with that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's right. Mike used to have an eight, six for a long time, right? Yeah. A really long time. I wish I never sold it. <laughs> there you go. Quote that every, anybody that owned an eight, six, they sell it. They're like, damn it, I should have never sold it. So I'm on my second one now. My first one got bent to, sh bent to crap, and <laughs> it just didn't even sit right on the jack stand. We crashed it so many times and got hit so many times, so I cut that one up. But um, luckily, I got my hands on a sec second one. And in my fleet, uh, the 86 the track car. It's a living brown coupe. Okay. Um, I have a 16 valve in it with ITB, stock internals, probably like 110 horsepower. Mm -hmm. It's fun at the track. Oh, yeah. Then I, I have imagine. a 1980 Toyota Corolla wagon. Oh, That's, nice. That, yep. That one's cool. Nice. Um, and I'm lucky enough to get my hands on a 1980 Toyota Cressida, too. Okay. Yep. So I, I love them old Corollas or old Toyotas. Do so you, I assume you're a fan of the Japanese classic car show then? Yes, and then I'm so much as a fan that I've never been to one yet. Really? It's always on a Saturday. I can't get out there. I got to work. Yeah. But yeah, no, I want always wanted to check out one of those, um, um, the Japanese classic car shows and stuff like that. It always looks great. And you could go and nerd out for hours yeah. at that place. But I think it sucks because it's, I mean, unfortunately, I can't make it there. It's always on a Saturday, and they end at like noon or something like that. Yeah. And I'm just like, darn it. Well, One of these it's days. It's usually like when we're traveling. Too. Correct, right? So, I mean, it is what it is. We got we got to work, got to clock in. So, yeah. One of these days, I'll make it out there. One of these days. So, do you work for FD full-time? Uh, no. I'm basically a hired person just okay. to, you know, be a judge and um, take care of those duties. And then outside of that, I give lube jobs at my dad's mechanic shop during okay. the day. Um, and I actually own and operate, operate coin laundromats. Oh, night. cool. So I'm, they all call me a Jamaican. I'm a hustler. <laughs> I just work as much as I can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it all comes out in the wash, right? Yes. There you go. There <laughs> Sorry. you go. Crappy joke. First crappy joke of the podcast. Boom. <laughs> I didn't even get it. Now I get it. It's all, it's all right. It's, it's all right. Due time. Not that funny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> it was so unfunny. I didn't even realize it was a joke. Sorry, I didn't want to air any dirty laundry. My bad. Oh, another one. <laughs> Whoa. We'll get, we'll get a few more before it's Just done. a few. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I guess over the course of the past few years, FD has really kind of changed and evolved a lot. Uh, what, what do you think has driven a lot of that? Um, well, FD as the company side or we're talking about formula drift as a competition side. as a competition side. all right cool because yeah. like you know like it's there there's there's a big difference in part of it and um granted i don't want to come off the wrong way but i've seen it all done it all and heard it all since day one and a lot of it it's just it's competition the mm -hmm. competitiveness the um, wanting to get that edge that's what's you know brought in the biggest change and everybody's talking about you know you hear it over and over again it's about you know just the grip war and this and that and then that's changed the most you know um i get it it's it's hard to follow everybody's just like um not everybody but me and myself it's just like 
I do say the simpler times were more simple, but at the same time, I get where the competitive side comes into now, you know? So it took me a while to not accept it, but just to be like, you know what? This is how things are going. This is the way things are going. Is it good? Hey, you know what? We're still here. So mm-hmm. that's, you, you, you just, you don't have to go along with it, but I'm saying that I, I understand it and I get it now. Yeah. You know, it's just a competitive, co- competitiveness, um, Every every driver, every team, um, every person wants to gain that edge, and that's the biggest change, like in my opinion. You know, yeah, I mean, it's hard to keep up. Holy crap, these guys are smart as hell. Yeah, you try to like come up with the rule, and then one minute they're like, "Oh yeah, you come up with this rule? Cool, we'll find a way to go around it." That's a part of motorsports, right, Mike? Yeah, and then <laughs> I think I think Kevin doesn't like any of our innovations. Oh, I you know what? That's I mean, it's part of motorsports. Bottom line. You know, so it it is what it is, and you guys all come up with something, and then a couple rounds later, Kevin will have to come up with something else. It's not just a tech thing; it's also the judging thing. You know, seeing it um, for so long, and you know, some cars are so wound up that it, it, it's they have to do more work to achieve on what we want to see. But at the same time, on the judges' side, we're just like, you don't need to do all that, but you could still make it happen to what we're asking for but then they lose that competitive edge on being a lot quicker or filling the zone a lot faster or yada 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 which that is not our focus but again when it's competitiveness between car a and car b they are gonna wind their cars up a lot just to outdrive the other guy right so now, again it, it is what it is I'm yeah. just just got to judge it as i see it now now, with with drifting being pretty much the only one of the only motorsports besides maybe like freestyle motocross mm-hmm. that's actually judged, you know, what's the the criteria that you guys are judging against? I mean, my my sister was a collegiate diver, mm-hmm. and they had very specific criteria, you know, um, that they were judged against. But how is it in in the drifting world? Uh, we we simple forms. There's um, two formats. One is qualifying. And then there's criteria in that, and then one's tandem. So starting with qualifying, you know, you have your um, line, your angle, and then um, your impact commitment, fluidity, and all that stuff. There is a new set of rule books that came out for specific points Mm -hmm. um, that explains all of that. You know, but mainly is just um, the biggest thing is we want to make sure everybody could kind of do a free throw and do a three-pointer you know so just treat those as clipping points and clipping zones you know there's a specific part of the track we want the cars to be there connecting it so from an outer zone to an inner clip to an outer zone again and all those areas are scored and then you have your initiation how well you initiate plus like um the corrections that you make in between Mm -hmm. the two clips and points so those could all be either accumulated or deducted at the same time so that's just qualifying you know, um, when it comes to tandem, um, where you qualify plays a lot into it. We want the lead car. Of course, tandem is car A goes lead, car B chases, then car B leads, car A chases. So the lead car's duty is to run a 100-point run, the perfect run, as much as you can and your abilities. And the chase car's duties is just to follow that moving clipping point as close as possible, apply pressure, or however it is, just get on his door. And why do we want that? Because it's, one, it's really hard to tandem close, especially with how their cars are built these days too. It's exciting. That's what people want to come and watch tandem for. We want to see the lead car um, be as aggressive as possible, close to walls, tight on the clips, and the chase cars to be as close to that lead car as possible. And that's just uh, the two formats, qualifying and tandem. Yeah. The the tandem piece almost seems like a dance. You know, you'll see the cars right yeah. next to each other and then exactly. in the transitions, they'll back off. And they'll like, back off, leave yeah. enough room, and then and it looks great. And uh, you mentioned that your sister does um, diving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're always trying to – back then, we would try really hard to um, – whatchamacallit, look at action sports. You know, let's say, okay, um, snowboarding. You know, what can we do? Uh, Surfing, what can we do? This and that, this and that. So we're trying to grab bits and pieces. But at the end of the day, um, we just want to try to make it as simple as possible where everybody could have a general idea. Because you'll watch a run without knowing the criteria. You'll be like, oh, that looks that looks like a 90 something. But but then after, you know, you find out what the criteria is. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's five points. That's this point. Oh, okay, Okay, I'll bring it down to a 70 something now. So we're just trying to keep it as simple as possible. 
Well, I think like judging, I've seen it go the whole evolution from being super seat of the pants subjective where you yeah. go, oh, that's about a 90. Let's give them a 90. Yeah. Uh, to where you guys got super technical and super granular. Yeah. And that's when all the controversy happened and, yep. and so many protests and the fans were upset and even the drivers. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was so technical and so granular and so detailed that like it, it everybody was super dissatisfied with the judging from like the fans to the the teams to the sponsors and i think people couldn't understand the scoring and and then you guys kind of streamlined it and simplified it so it's still pretty um uh it's somewhat granular um but it's still e a lot easier to understand than it was before. And now it seems like almost everybody's satisfied with the judging, and there's hardly any any complaints about it ever now. A hundred percent. It all came down to just, you know, I think first is just not being just, like, super strict. And granted, remember, you know, not pointing fingers at anybody, but – Back then, you know, when it comes to um, when it comes to a result, they'll be like, "Well, that driver dropped a tire," so we're like, "Fine, let's start docking them for dropping tires." That's when we started to beat everything on the dot, and now we're docking every tire drop, and that's when they're like, "You're being too strict now," and we're like, "Okay, yes, we're correct. A guy can make an awesome pass, drops one tire or two tires, and could potentially throw away that whole run completely." So that's when we started dialing it back, you know, and then. It, it, it is a constant tug of war, but at the same time, it's just without the drivers, we're not going to get the feedback, the teams, and anything about like, okay, is this the right direction or this is the wrong direction? So there is a balance. Like like Mike said earlier before, back then when it's like just super strict, super tight, you couldn't even breathe, it was hard. You know, if, it's even hard on us. And then now we've gotten to the point where like, all right, it's not super chill, but it's pretty chill. It's understandable. We're all in the same ballpark right now. Um, okay, cool. So qualifying, it's it's the best I've seen so far. You know, like as far as uh, the scores come out and uh, and how how it's been going and everything. I mean, I think last year I don't even remember any like really controversial calls where anybody was really upset. You'll maybe get... that was the first year where um, people weren't really bitching about stuff. Yeah. You, you, you'll still get one or two, you know, kind of get tranced out about like certain stuff or here and there. But a lot of the times is, is from my experience on talking to drivers, it's they're, they're, they're focused on one spot that they lost a lot of scores on, but or one spot that they didn't lose a lot of score on, but they're not realizing the entirety of the run where they, uh, where they, um, got the result from, you know, they're only like, well, I did good here. But that's ten percent of the track that you nailed. You still have ninety percent of the track that you failed. So that's how you got your score there. But that's pretty much some of the major discussions we always have afterwards. The drivers, where it's kind of like, well, he hit a cone, but flip that around. Ninety percent of the track he did amazing. Five to eight percent of the track he nailed that cone just with the bumper. Now that doesn't equate to you you driving super shallow or having a huge strain in between um two transitions you know you got to you, you got to see the entirety of the run and not just hyper focused on a 10% of the run i i think like one of the big things too is uh back in the super granular um lots of uh lots of judging criteria like um that got confusing is um when you used to DQ for a lot of different things, and mm -hmm. then yeah, strikes, uh, right? Yeah, you a lot, drop a, lot a tire, times, you hit a cone, you're out. Uh, yeah, and a lot of times <laughs> the drivers and, and fans wouldn't understand why did he get DQ'd, or look at that guy, he was burning out straight and he didn't get DQ'd. But I then, agree. Uh, but then now instead of DQs, um, unless you do something really dumb, you guys just give heavy point deductions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of easier for everybody to understand. And yeah, it again, it just comes down to like getting, you know, of course, the fan base, the spotters, the drivers, the whole nine, and even for us to understand. I mean, holy crap! You mentioned back then there's so much stuff that we have to like look at, and it got it it, it literally, um, like all the minute, small dropping a tire, hitting a cone, distracted us from like all right, let's focus on like a good run instead of we're just looking for that stuff. And it got really annoying. And 
granted, they haven't even initiated yet. We have to look at, okay, did they do this? Did they do that? Who did this and who did that? Sometimes it actually could get really annoying. <laughs> they haven't even started drifting yet, and we're like, having even got out to the initiation point. We're already having to to try to dissect and figure out who jumped the light or who did this and done that. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. So how you know everything kind of happens so quickly during a run? How do you, as a judge, and how do the other judges kind of process everything as it's going on? Mm, you know, so like there might be a couple things that happen. Mm-hmm. And you might not quite remember every single one of them. Mm-hmm. So qualifying, um, we do uh, line angle and style. So that's each judge has one criteria and we'll rotate throughout the um, the season. So like round one, I'll, uh, I'm just saying this is hypothetically round one, I could be line. Round two, and I'll be angle. And then round three, I could be style. So I have my duties as that. So I'm just an angle judge. I'm just a line judge. I'm just a style judge. And style, I'll focus on what my style stuff is. Angle, I'll focus my angle, which is in the zones and the clips or the sectors. Then line, of course, within those sectors, I have uh, it's all divided by points. And then that's what I'm focused. With tandem, we judge both runs. So we want to see run one and run two. Then we'll look at, we'll put um, car A and car B's lead run together. Then we'll put car A and car B's chase run together. But of course, we're going to account for what happened to the lead. So if the lead did this, which is a chain reaction to why the car, the chase car did this, then we're gonna keep that in a mental note. Um, a lot, um, some of the judges I'll take notes and then some of them I'll just go off of what they see and go from there. So speaking for myself, I, I do my best not to watch replays unless I see something that really, really, um, that I need to make sure, you know, example like, um, if he strained out or not, or if there's a brake check, or if there's a tire drop, or an entirety of the car flying off the track, if something questionable to my mind, I'll look at a replay. But on the basis, I do my best not to watch a replay, just because, you know, you see something, you're going, to, all right. If I'm sure, I'm sure. If I'm questioning myself, I'm just going to fall into a rabbit hole and keep like dissecting it more and more and more. Then it could be more complicated, and I'm just making it way more complicated <laughs> than I have to be. Or right. just be like, all right, simple as fact. Look at what the major mistakes are, or look at who did really well in what areas, and then just go from there. Probably the hard keep thing. Keep it simple. Probably the hard thing for you guys is when you penalize the trail car for, uh, or you penalize the lead car for something that the trail car did. Because it was the, like, let's say um, the, the trail car hits the lead car, and then the fans are going, hey, him. But then usually um, you guys might penalize the lead car because he brake checked them or something, and the fans don't see those nuances. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't understand why the lead car got penalized. And that's when you probably have to look at the instant replays and stuff. Instant replays. And also, amazingly, we have Ryan Longtang on board for like the past five or six years as a judge and he's um always trying to come up with really detailed track maps and graphics and everything so with that instance that you just uh, mentioned it's our famous d-cell map so of course with the d-cell map now that helps you out a lot is this yeah. a d-cell zone is this contact happen in the d-cell zone what a d-cell zone uh, what a d-cell map is during qualifying we'll put up a d-cell map that gives the drivers and the team a general idea as what sectors or what sections, uh, what parts of the track that D-cell is to be expected or it's to be allowed. So anything outside of that, you shouldn't have to be deselling. So then if we find the contact happening outside of it, of course, we're like, hey, you're not supposed to be deselling there. Why are you deselling right there? 99.9% of the time that they're decelerating outside of a decel zone is because they're overspeeding. They're trying to get away. They're trying to create a gap. They're trying to control the tandem, which mind you, you only have to run a clean lead run. Don't worry about the chase run, the chase car where he's at what he's going to do and everything but of course the competitiveness comes out and they feel that if i'm going to rock it out of here and and pull as much gap as i can i'm going to make it hard for the chase car to get to me then they'll overspeed they have to slow down and not a decel zone and a collision happens then that's where that type of scenario comes out now if a decel happens during the decel zone then it's to be expected then that's a clear or a simpler way for us to be like well he deceled in the decel zone so your spotter should have told you that hey that the decel zone is right here so expect the decel so that 
that's actually helped out a lot having that desal map and granted you know you've been in all the drivers meeting too we'll bring up the map of course there's and if and buts some people aren't happy about it some people say it should be this it should be that a lot of the times we do work with the drivers and try to find the balance of it on on you know clipping points uh desal maps and stuff like that but sometimes it's just out of this world that they're requesting we're like no that's out you're done you can't do i can't please everybody but I think overall, though, I mean, um, the judging is getting pretty refined and people know what to expect nowadays. And there's the least amount of bitching that, you know, ever, I think. It's, I mean, good. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it's, people think it's easy. You know, of course, everybody could be their own judge. But at the same time, if it's, you know, for Formula Drift or anything else, and it's, it's really hard. And, you know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, why don't you guys hire Tanner? Like, you could ask a lot of the drivers if they even want to judge, and they'll be like, hell no. Like, are you kidding me? Remember, I've always told you I don't envy your job. It's <laughs> like everybody hates you, and it's super hard. Oh, it's it's. Oh, I think Takahashi says it the best back then. He was one of the original judges, and he's just like, it's a really lonely seat up there. <laughs> it's a really lonely seat. But, you know, um, you just just got to do your best and and, and just – I just go by like, you know what, if I could, I, I need to be able to back up my call today. If I say car A wins, if I can't tell you why, back then, man, I, 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 I don't deserve to be there. Like, you know, I have to have an answer. Yeah. I have to be able to explain. I have to be able to say why. And some drivers may agree or not, but at the same time, at least I have an answer. And then that's me fulfilling my duty. So now in your position, you've probably seen almost every single style FD. of judging. Well, I was going to say every single FD run uh -huh. you know, in the past couple of years. Yeah. Are, there, are there any that really kind of stick out in your head as just super surprising or maybe something happened that, you know, just sticks out? Um, I mean, we all know like the exciting runs, you know, um, but usually it's like even not the prettiest runs, not the prettiest runs. <laughs> They're, Sorry, they're, making fun of Jared. It, 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 it's, 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 it's hard to say, but, you know, we'll, we'll get – back then we'll get a pretty much a balance of super good runs and super bad runs. But now it's it's getting better to, like, where it's, like, 80% pretty solid runs. 20% you'll be like, ooh, this guy's not ready yet. Like, what's going on? You know, it could be a sit-up issue. Oftentimes, unfortunately, we have weather, you know, in our <laughs> mother nature, in our elements, missing things up too. And but again, you just got to be ready and ready and ready in all sorts of conditions. You know, we've I mean, Mike Mike's seen all the conditions that we've been thrown at before, and we do our best. But at the same time, when it comes to driver safety, if it's really out of control and it's not safe, you know, that's where Kevin. Uh, happened in Missouri or something last season. Wasn't there like a big storm that came through? Yeah, like the tornado that came oh, through. Oh, Texas? Was it Texas? Was it Texas? Texas. Yeah. yeah, dude. Texas got it got blown out. And then prior to that, our first crazy weather is in Jersey. That was the oh. very first time where I'm just like, holy crap. Like, was that actually a tornado? That was I don't know. Something happened. It was it was wild. We, it was nuts. I just remember we had to run for our lives. Oh, 100%. Everybody did. And then afterwards we were just trying to get everything. And I think this year at Texas the Nito the Nito trailer yeah, the I got awning, right? Like and then you see crazy crazy Bergenholtz out there just piecing everything back together and salvaging everything out here. Fucking witch doctor, man. But <laughs> well, um I remember in New Jersey like the FD tent was blown away and um, we were trying to hold it down and then it was, the tent was picking up even with like about 20 guys yep. holding it. And then we all let go and I saw John P flying up in the air. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. I heard of that. And then that's, we lost power at that round too. Cause all the tents went up, took out the power lines and everything. Wow. Um, back to the runs, I could say from the beginning, what caught me by surprise the most that I could remember clearly like super cool stuff. It's, um, Warner Rito used to compete in uh formula D um he was the first guy that i've seen take a super high line at irwindale at the high bank to a point where it's you see the tire marbles flying up against the wall and then that's that's the first time we're just like holy crap like you could get up there that high and granted he crashed afterwards but he still like like he literally finds the edge of every track and it was, it was it's it, i was lucky to have like seen him drive and compete with him and i still work with him in formula drift japan you know he's on the commentator commentator side for formula japan and great driver that's one of the memorable moments that i could remember like i was just like damn dude that guy got up there really high on that bank 
Yeah, you know, like, I guess from, from Japan, there's that video around from, like, a couple years ago where somebody, like, carried a reverse entry drift pretty much the whole way around, and the judges were just going, like, absolutely crazy. Mm. Forget what it was. It was probably, like, 8 to 10 years ago, but I remember seeing it, and my jaw just, like, just dropped. Yeah, I mean, some of those drivers can pull it off, you know, and, um, I mean, <laughs> it's funny. We're... we're Sometimes we say things and then people take it too literal or or they just don't understand the whole concept of it. Like when you're using the term reverse entry, that's just one part, one portion of the track. Mm -hmm. So we always tell drivers, if you want to pull that type of stuff off, go ahead. But you want to make sure you keep that reverse all the way up to the next turn. Sometimes they can't pull it off. But of course, during the driver's meeting, we've said that and then. You know, uh, a driver managed to pull it off. We're just like, huh, all right. <laughs> they can pull it off. I don't but think our cars can do reverse entry. And nowadays, with all the grip you guys like to yeah. add in the cars, absolutely not. It's, it's, yeah, it's not. They won't do it. I mean, you can do it, but you'll come to a complete halt. Yeah. <laughs> our cars have so much grip that if you try to do a reverse entry, they'll just, like, stall out. Or yeah. They'll, it's... Um, or they'll look really awkward coming out of it because you have so to much dig grip. yourself out of it yeah. and it's just like why do you guys do that mike i'm <laughs> gonna put you on the spot now why? what's with all the grip because oh, we gotta keep up with everybody <laughs> well the thing is that everybody we... wants to keep up with you so as you're thinking that you got to keep up with everybody else they're just like god damn that mike kojima with the dice car got got the rocket now we got to keep up with that that one and just oh man it's oh, well, we don't have the big advantage like we used to though because like the team everyone's getting smarter and smarter and smarter mm -hmm. and i mean like lately the best we can do is just um you know be one of the good cars but half of the cars are good nowadays that's true. That's I mean, put it to your end. You've you've seen it too. You know, like with the simple builds to full, you know, full custom suspension, knuckles, um, you know, the bump steer, the whole like, even though I mean, it's witch magic in my opinion. Like seeing like the whole wise fab stuff come in, the um, the zero caster um, counter steer. It's it's crazy where they're on their end you know like don't mind the judges side like we're just like okay clipping point zone here 25 points you good with that all right total 100 right all right done that gives me an idea i mean in, in the road racing stuff they have vintage racing mm -hmm. you think there'll ever be a place for vintage drifting um i think it'd be kind of cool i you know anybody could do it you yeah. know it's just just but at the same time it's like um i'm i'm sure i think if you bring out that vintage drifting it would be like one of those um those private events that they hold and people come out once yeah. a year and have some fun with it i'm just trying to think like maybe well, like, like grid life guys could bring out some of their like their non-competition cars or, like, well no i mean those guys those guys aren't those guys are always practicing on their non-competition mm -hmm. cars too and then you it really shows you know during the season like who's been practicing who's yeah. been driving off season who's not it's either you're trained or untrained it's just like vintage like pre-angle well, we, we you know, like how we bring out the 13, the grid life, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. And then sometimes we're reminiscing and going, man, the 13 was good. And then uh, bring it out for grid life. And, oh, man, this thing would would get worked in FD <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> that Well, I mean, you, you mentioned that, unfortunately, I'm a diehard Corolla fan, bottom line. like People might not know it. I've been a mechanic for all my life, you know, like more than 20 years. And I love working on Corollas. But at the same time, it's like back then – you know, Corollas, like 20, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, Corollas had a fighting chance. Mm -hmm. Now, absolutely not. <laughs> like, there's, you put a 4AG out there, let's just get murdered right away off the line. Like, it is what it is. You know, I, I get it. You know, Corolla like, if, get murdered in Pro Am. Oh, you know, you could, you could party with it, you know, like yeah. Avengers thing that you're yeah. talking about. But at the same time, it's just. It's just so uneven, unevenly matched. Right. But if everybody's in the same chassis, same power, same spec, limitations, spec, a spec series, okay, then then you know you'll have a fighting chance. But man, those things are old and brittle. And like, yeah. I, I still remember um, what freaked me out was uh, when Taka was still competing. He was the diehard Corolla driver, and um, he was the last standing one in FD, still rocking a um, A86, where his four link tab on the frame side ripped off. Like it's, and 
unfortunately with the rules you can't modify or alter you could reinforce a little bit but you can't modify or alter anything on the frame side and you think about sheet metal back in the 80s it's, it's how thin is that compared to now you know but it's gotten to a point where the car just can't can't handle it anymore you know with all that and he was running 17s i think and shoot man that's the, those were the days like you know i think corolla has podium before a few i think yoshioka back in vegas with the um, with the droopy blue coupe was that the last, last i think time? that was the last time where yeah, you know he, he won i think yeah he remember did. he beat us that was controversial and oh then... always a controversy when it comes <laughs> to your team <laughs> and then everybody thought we won and then yoshioka beat us and then everybody was mad mm -hmm. and i'm going that damn andy yep of course well he's a corolla lover that's why actually yeah. <laughs> you, but, know, you know all the conspiracy theories that always fly or but you know what those don't fly around anymore really not much nowadays it's more um nowadays we just we just need to get through a driver's meeting <laughs> if we could get past the driver's meeting we'll be fine so like just all the drivers have questions well they stuff, they or? they want to be, how is a good so way to say that? Yeah. But it's but again at the same time it's it's okay. So with um with with that right like let's use your race meetings as an example. If you're running an open class, which is like okay like a street car against like um a Porsche club, you know two stripes and a big wing. I always I told myself. If I see two stripes and a big wing in my mirror, I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to point them by, get out of the way, right? Yeah. So it's always a questions like, oh, oh, is it point by passing? What kind of passing? You know, and then then you'll be like, oh, why don't you split the groups up? We want to do this, we want to do that. It just gets to that point, mm -hmm. and you know, with with um, with drifting, sometimes it's kind of like, it's 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 mainly not too much of a concern of where the clips and points is it's mainly just like well my car is set up to decel earlier compared to where your your decel map is correct you know and then you know we don't want to say that but at the same time it's almost like well if you can't dunk on a 10-foot hoop you want us to lower it to a five and we're just like oh we can't do that neither you know so we always that's the constant struggle you know the easiest way to say you can't make a three-pointer you want your three-pointer line to be here and make it acceptable for us to judge it off of that but then another driver can make it then we have to bounce back to here so but nowadays it's all pretty balanced out right now just the minute stuff here and there that will get a little tranced on but other than that it's i don't think it's as bad as the road racing stuff because i do a lot of um we we've grown up to be a little smarter now we'll do private events so i'll look up like bun willow their test and tune days mm -hmm. granted it's a little bit more expensive but it's open session you're you drive your brains out all morning and you you don't have to hurry and rush and try to squeeze yourself with 40 other drivers right. you know just there for the enjoyment we we pull up the night before we'll barbecue we'll camp out the next day friday wake up early you know um um a porsche a poc is out there sometimes um or it's just um miata spec race and then those we always thought that we're gonna get like kind of like bitched out like oh what are these 100 horsepower cars doing here but they never like gave us any trouble. It almost felt like we snuck into a strip club. That's how I, the best way I could explain it. It's just like, all right, the big guys didn't bother us. We see two stripes and a big wing, yeah. we'll point them by right yeah. away. We even ran those, um, those prototypes. You don't even see it on the, on the pit wall. You hear it. Yeah. There's that one that's based out of Bud Willow. The real like, yeah. The, like flat black one. Yeah. Yep. That's the one you hear it. And then blink of an eye, you don't even see it passing you. And you're like, Oh, it's in I front of me now. Dude, that car is quick as. Yeah, and then those guys are super cool. Yeah. None of them like we always thought that. Oh man, dude, they're gonna get pissed at us. You know, we're holding them up and this and that. But they find a way around us, and it's super cool. Even Chuck Walla will go on the Star Track days, and that's one of my favorite tracks. And show up early, just party, and then the next day drive. Everybody, so everybody's cool. You know, so a little less stress. My next question. Yeah. Obviously, you're around. FD a lot, mm -hmm. but do you still drive yourself? And it sounds like you you've been enjoying track. I do. Um, not so much drifting. Um, I started grip grip. I guess just oh, just driving. Yeah, just uh, track day stuff. Before it was just all canyons, but nowadays it's just like it's not worth it anymore. And then 
you know, the majority of all my friends, they stick to the track stuff more. So the past five years, I've been pushing myself to like, all right, you know what? Just stay off the roads, take it on the track and fine tune yourself. So I'll, I, I took some classes. Um, last year after Seattle, I did uh, Dirtfish Rally School. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, I'm all about doing clinics now. Those are super fun. And then um, we've been just doing tracks. So I'll try to hit a Bun Willow, Streets of Willow, um, Chuck Walla. Our goal is try to get at least three events in a year. It's hard to get all the guys together. In our group, we have about five to seven Corollas. Okay. Believe it or not, they're still around. And then, you know, whenever we can get everybody together, that's it's always a good time. Yeah. Always a good time. But, yeah. no, I, I do enjoy driving. I'm, I did motorcycle stuff, too. You know, I took um, racer judge classes, um, um, California Superbike School. I did those, too. And I'm trying to get myself out to... Um, um, SoCal Supermoto, just yeah. have some fun. I I'll did those too. Oh, word! Let's ah, uh, <laughs> you know what? Why not? It's two hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. The class with the motorcycle, yeah. just bring your own gear. I still have my leathers and I have everything, so boots and stuff. But yeah, no, anything that turns, sign me up. Yeah. Sign well, me up. It's good to hear that you're still enjoying it. I think there's a lot of people that get into it and get into it real deep. And all of a sudden, it becomes more of a job. Um, and the, kind of the, it makes the passion die out a little bit. Well, I mean, dude, they, they all painted their own path. You know, like, granted, I, we started this, this, um, this, um, this conversation um, with, you know, I competed for two years and I realized I suck at it. It's to a point where, like, I, it's, I wasn't really enjoying it. It was stressing me out a little bit, having to be, you know, competitive and and all this stuff and which it, straight out it wasn't me it wasn't for me if the dude's better than me oh cool you know what he's better than me i just don't have or that that oh i gotta be better than that guy no i'm good you know like i i enjoyed it i had fun and then um just went to work on the other side but i can't take anything away from it like a couple of these drivers you know people could say whatever they want about them but i'm just like dude remember what they did to get here today you know like uh, uh blood sweat and gears like We've all been there, and those guys push super hard. Those guys are on top of the uh, top of the um, their game right now. They've gotten there because of their mentality, their attitude, what they had to sacrifice, and all. And I 100% respect all those guys for it. To me, I'm just like, holy crap! They they got this, they got that. Holy, and then they're like, oh man, you 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 could have had a chance for that. I'm like, no, I'm good. Like you know, that's that's what they wanted to do. They right. painted their own way. They worked their own way. I'm 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 chill where, where where I am right now, and I'm fine with it. But dude, those guys pulled it off, yeah. big time, big time. I would never, never thought you know when FD started, where some of those drivers would be today. It's they surprised the hell out of me, the hell out of me, dude. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, you know, it's FD is one of those things that, or just drifting in general that I had. I liked when I was a kid, and then I started doing a lot of road racing stuff, and like, I think I lost a little bit of respect for it. And then the whole grid life thing, being around it a lot, has kind of brought a new appreciation. And then in a previous job, when I was working for a turbo manufacturer, getting to spend a lot of time around a couple of the teams that we sponsored and everything, that really kind of just opened my eyes to the whole technical side of everything. And mm -hmm. so I have a lot larger appreciation for it now than I used to. Yeah, there's a, a, a lot of stuff too. Like you know, you bring up road racing a lot. There's certain type, style of road racing that you like, and there's I'm sure there's certain you're just like, nah, that's out. I don't even want to bother with that. It's the same thing with drifting too. Some people would say, oh, they're not keeping it real because you know, like uh, this series is is more laid back and chill. But then FD is so serious. But that's just the caliber of driving. That's where it's at. You know, like if you're telling me like, oh, pick Formula One and WRC, like well, I'm not gonna hate to upset a formula one fans i love wrc that's where i look at it you know multi-surface different driving style on the fly reaction those guys i i there's nothing I, it's just like it's just like racing supermoto or 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 um or um just those um uh, grc and all that stuff they're guys are that's my type of sport that i like to watch compared to like uh like the open wheel stuff yeah so everybody has their own 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 um i guess own flavor to pick by. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I used to think drifting was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times when people see that, they're just like, ah, you're just wasting tires. <laughs> like, what are you doing, you know? Hey, this would be a good question for yeah. you. If somebody has never seen drifting at all, mm -hmm. how do you explain it to them? Well, first is, I don't want, I, 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 I can't say that nobody's ever seen drifting. Mm -hmm. 
hundred percent everybody have seen it before, but they just didn't know what it was. You know, a lot of times when they see it, they're just like, Oh, I used to do that with my dad's truck in, in, in my backyard in the dirt and the dirt and this and that, this and that. They've all done it, but it's basically you're literally sliding your car around. You're breaking the rear end loose. Um, you're you're having to control something that's not supposed to be controlled. And you're just controlling that and just that aspect of it, it's super fun. It's like holy crap, I, I cheated death in a way, you know, but you're not like way smaller scale than that. Yeah. But that's just the best way to do it. And, you know, any commercial you see out there, you're going to see a car sliding, yeah. you know, anytime that even my, 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 my friend's two year old rainy days when I you go for a ride in uncle's car, do a couple of donuts. Holy crap. Just laugh hysterically. Yeah. They don't know what it is, but it's just fun as hell. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I think, just at a, a fundamental level, everybody kind of understands what oversteer is. Very few people actually get to experience it ever. Yeah. Or if they do, it's in like an emergency situation. Correct. And then it's not just an oversteer. It's a controlled oversteer. Yeah. You're managing to keep it going and continuously going and going and going and going and just, yeah, planning ahead on it. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, you know, for this upcoming season, are there any major changes that you know of that are going to be going on with FD? Not necessarily as far as a judging side. I mean, each year we'll try to, we take notes and be like, all right, what really messed up up last year? You know, what, what did we, like, if we painted ourselves in a corner, fine, let's correct it. If we made a mistake, let's try to make a mistake. Um, uh, what has, you know, during the driver's meeting, you know, um, Kojima has mentioned a good point, just using him as an example. Okay, where does that, does his good point only transfer to this specific track where it's transferring to like our whole system so we try to get together and you know one lives in uh toronto uh other judges virginia and i'm here in socal and then we you know we try to do our best um to work things out and um try to fine-tune everything as much as we can and and like mike mentioned earlier thank you that things has been pretty chill it's been approving it's not so crazy it's not so granulated i think that's the word of the episode granulated and um we're just trying to keep things simple you know so then if it's not broken don't fix it and then if it's something that needs our attention to we'll put a little more attention on it how long has the current crop of judges been you know with that uh this group i want to say i can't um for sure but i want to say six to seven years okay. and then so you I'm know sure that's helped kind of smooth things out a lot I mean, hands down, you know, no offense to the prior judges I work with, but like with these group of guys is the best guys that I work with, you know, since I started judging, you know, we all know our place. We all know what we got to do. Um, even if it's not our responsibilities, we'll all step in to help. And, you know, we could all be idiots and laugh at stupid as crap if we want to. But then at the same time, when it's time to clock in, all of us are clocked in. And that's just really helped us out, you know, with long tain, um, you know, taking care of, you know, the meetings, um, being um, basically the voice on our side has helped us out a lot too, you know, and with all their experience and knowledge and their capabilities and abilities to get everything done, it's it's just made it a lot smoother. You know, granted, we, we well bump heads, you know, working that close together, but at the same time, it's it's we're always trying to see, okay, what is the best for this outcome right now? And then we'll push through it there. Any other disagreements, we'll figure out afterwards because we don't have time for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike, do you have any other questions? So, how, how <laughs> what do we have to do for died? <laughs> yeah, that, or how much does it go to cost? Let me pull out my wallet here. Shoot, you, you can't buy me. Like, <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> hey, man, I was going to give you a dollar, and I was going to say, hey, man, there's five more where that came from. <laughs> uh, it's tempting, Mike. It's tempting. It's tempting, but uh, I can't take it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> He can't be bought, guys. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, you know, without, I mentioned before, without social media and all that involvement on my end, mm -hmm. it's just like, I'm super curious to see what people are going to show up with um, next week, right? Round one is next week. And, yep. you know, like, you know, I asked Mike earlier, how's going on with him? What's new and this and that. And I'm just, it's always, it's always exciting to see like what's going to brew and what's going to come up to. And especially Long Beach. Long Beach is I could say it's it's a really tough track, you know, especially when the weather comes into play. It's different surfaces. When it's wet, it's different wet surfaces. And yes, we're telling you to throw your car out a wall. Uh, what what off the straight? It's around sixty, seventy miles mm -hmm. an hour, right? And then you guys pick up speed in between nine A and B. Mm -hmm. So 
it could peak at 80, right? And the track is Long Beach. The asphalt gets crazy when right? it's wet. Like yeah. it's like grease. Because you get you get concrete, the parking lot. Then you get asphalt, the actual street. Then you're back to painted lines again on different asphalt. And then on the main turn, uh, nine a uh, nine ten b right before the judging stand. It's it's another different surface in two, and that's a, also a diesel area right before 11. So it's a really tough track. It's a really tough track, and a lot of times that's the track that literally eats cars, eats cars up. You know, you get people that are so excited to come out to finally, oh, I got a license to FD. I got a team. I'm getting mm -hmm. stuff together, and there goes my car. Yeah. It, like, it hey, is it is. welcome to, uh, uh, to FD. Yeah, Here you go. So round, round one, it's a really tough round already. It's yeah. a super tough round, but – it's it's um it's it sets the pace for the rest of the year and you know usually right off the bat you'll see the um, you'll, you'll you'll see you know how everybody's doing and everything you know and then man i still remember back then i've seen cars show up to tech where it's the motor just barely got in they're rolled up to tech just barely made just it just barely made it but man. it's not running but they rolled up <laughs> they have a car and then um but now everybody gets their stuff together pretty well now but I mean, I'm excited. Another year, um, um, same venues, pretty much all the same venues. We're we're getting everything geared up for Long Beach right now. I think um, saw saw my buddy send me a photo. They're like, "Hey, is something going on in Long Beach already?" You know, the K walls. Yeah, they're trying to put everything set up. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's a calm before the storm. Nice. Well, hopefully, no storm. Just the calm <laughs> yeah, the just calm the calm before, before, the, before the, the event. Yeah, the party, the party. Yeah. It's yeah. always a good time at Long Beach. Plus, it's been a good off season. I mean, it's been off season, which you know you're excited to see the cars, the build, and just see where everybody's at. Yeah, just see all your all your buddies again. I'm right? still waiting for somebody to show up with the new Supra. Mike, did anybody get a new Supra out here? No, I don't think so. You sure? Pretty sure. I thought I, I saw some lying. stuff on Facebook. I saw like my buddy sent me photos in Japan. Like with two Jay Z, two right? guys got Supras already. How come we didn't get a Supra out here? Or a BMW. Call it whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody's coming out with a Supra. Nah. If, it, if it would be anybody, it'd be Steph, and I don't. I don't think he's built. I don't know. Oh, isn't his shop around here? I'm gonna stop by later. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go. Oh, we'll go take a peek and by see the what. Five. Yeah. Well, we'll go take a peek and see what's back there. But no, I mean, I'm. It's always good to see new cars. I mean, we we want uh, as a uh, as a event promoter or team, or whatever you you want to have that. You know, mm -hmm. like. That manufactures backing and stuff like that, and and all the good stuff. I, yeah, I just um, Long Beach is always hard. I think like a lot of the tracks that you think are the easy ones are the hard ones, like the flat ones that you don't think are too technical are Ooh. actually the most technical. Yeah, especially Long Beach, the walls are just right there. And St. Louis <laughs> and Texas, those are hard tracks to get the car right. I've had a. Driver asked me if we moved the walls at Long Beach before, and I'm like, oh, no, because they're set up. They have to be set up the same. Mm -hmm. The only wall that I could say it's moved from the very beginning of time is on the inside of between 10A and B. Back then, it was kicked out a little more, and now it's moved um, off the track a little more, and they put more zebras there. Okay, But the, out, the outside walls has to stay the same, so... I think maybe like in front of the judges stand, like they have like some more cushy stuff and the, the tire stuff yeah. they they've they've added in, but then walls rise like no, like you know they try to stay consistent as possible, and you know the um, the track is laid out already. I mean the K walls are set up already, so it's also at the same time the team's jobs to go out there and be like, all right, let's see if anything's moved or not. And mm -hmm. there's some crazy stuff that teams go through now. I mean. We've it was a surface temp. When don't you guys do a lot of work prior to, prior to um the first practice session out there? Long Beach? Anywhere. Uh, um on the team side. You know, like I think at first like we were being really careful about temperatures and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But then you know, particularly if we get a new tire and we're trying to figure it out from yeah. the manufacturer, but then once we get a feel for the tire, then uh we kind of don't mess with it because if we know like like what pressure ranges are appropriate for the conditions, then we go okay. Um, we'll do this, and then it is what it is. And, and if it sucks, it's sucking for everybody. Yeah. So if we know like, oh, well, let's say the tire will work best at 
14 psi here or something then we'll just set it at 14 and then we can't like really tweak it any better um but if it's exceptionally cold or if it's raining then we got to try stuff but mm. yeah that's very different from what i was driving how much there is in it about 32 right? well, no, it looks all right for uh, just get it up to 38 and we're good now it's like how much <laughs> air is in it 18 uh drop it down a little bit more right you guys are all running low low i need 14.3 yeah uh, some teams run as low as seven pounds Diders. wow no comment no comment but it is what it is <laughs> i mean we don't but uh, no i i i've, I've, I've seen it and it's amazing that the the tire still holds up uh, like it's still mounted to the rim and again you know we'll throw a rule out there yeah, how do they make the that day. work i just, no clue <laughs> I, i'm just i'm just gonna write some numbers down <laughs> well, if, I mean, if you looked at the data and you see like the uh the g-forces the cars generate uh it's, it's out of pretty this hard to believe yeah no it's impressive again you know you mentioned very early on in this and in, in this in this interview about you know what the cars were doing back then and mm -hmm. back then like g-force like we're not even thinking about that we're just like all right dude let's just I let's just, just burn go sideways, some tires man. and try to get it. sideways yeah and and now it's just like all right how do we how do how do we go a little faster with the same angle all right what, what do we have to okay if we do this what are we sacrificing all right so how can we not make this so obvious that we're sacrificing this for that i get it but it's just man it's it's not making our jobs easier sometimes mike <laughs> I think you guys should start throwing transponders on cars and timing runs. Too. You know what? Outside of that, I just want to be in the car. Yeah. You know, honestly, being outside of the car sometimes is really hard to see stuff. Exactly uh, as Mike mentioned earlier, where it's just like, okay, the lead car decelled or the chase car tranced out and excelled and hit the decel, uh, hit the car. And, like, who hit who? Did the lead car cause it or the chase car caused it? And, I mean, what's the best thing that everybody's using right now? Dash cams, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, insurance companies, everybody's using it. So then at the same time, I'm just like, man, if I can only put myself inside their car, then it gives me a clear view on what happened. Have everybody run on. like 360 cameras inside the car or something? It, it's, or? it's a slippery slope and yeah. a touchy subject. I get it. But at the same time, it's just like there hasn't been a time where where that doesn't be like, oh, okay, it's clear as day that that guy pulled his handbrake right there sometimes they'll pull it it might not be locked up but they're still deselling, which mm -hmm. we can't see it's well, hard well doesn't ryan like try to ride with a few cars every round well to get a that's feel? not during competition though we're talking about oh, okay. just during competition if something happens we're really like it's uh, granted like again what is a dash cam used for it's not used for anything oh we're talking about a regular car it's not used for anything unless something happens motorcycle right. you know we both ride and we yep. all know how important it is to you know you know uh, what is it uh, cya cover your ass mm -hmm. just got to cover it but then at the same time it's just it's hard it's it's tough yeah it's really really tough to implement like all that stuff but that's where we just just use what we have as judges and and then and use the best um use what you have and make the best call no absolutely so, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to kind of keeping up with this season, especially, you know, I'll be getting uh, event updates from Mike every time he comes back from an event. So good. And this will be my season to probably keep up with the full season. So I hope you're ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Andy, we really appreciate your time. No problem. Thanks for um, having me, man. I know you're not on social, but where can people find out more about you or about uh, about FD? Oh, well, of with FD, it's just formuladrift.com. But with me, it's, I don't know, you could, nothing. <laughs> Catch me at the track. I don't know. You'll see me at the events. Um, just not, not, I was on social back then, but just, it just fell off for me. And it's not a big deal for me. So I'm just like, ah, screw it. I'm not going to deal with it anymore. But, um, yeah. You're probably better off. Uh, yeah. Well, back then, it's like, you, I, I think I'm an easy target. I get burned a lot. It is what it is. It, there was a period of time where it got to me. But then again, I'm just like, well, you know what? It's it is what it is. It's just social media. So who really cares, you know? But um, nowadays, you know, with 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 where 
everybody, you know, putting their input and trying to get everything done. And, you know, it's it's cool to even hear from Mike saying that, you know, it's it's gone a lot better to where its direction it goes. And it, it's it and it wasn't just the help of one person, you know, it's to help collectively, you know, getting input, feedback from the drivers and teams, although we don't agree with 100 percent of it, but we'll still listen and be like, all right, maybe that makes sense and this and that. We'll implement it with the help of Brian Edgar and Ryan Longtain on board this year. I mean, not this year, but for the uh, past few seasons and just really, really um, fine-tuning our uh, the criterias and everything. It's helped out a lot, so it's good. Yeah, interested to, uh, to keep up this season. For sure. So get, You'll get the report from Mike. <laughs> yeah. So, well, thanks again, no, and uh, thank hopefully you. we'll see you at an event soon. First, I'll, I'll see you next week. Yep, <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> Mike, uh, is your car ready? Are you guys ready to go? Not yet, but it's, I mean, <laughs> nothing really major. <laughs> nothing really major. All right, dude, I'll see you next week for sure. Yep. It's going to be good. Thanks, Andy. No problem. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pit City Grid Live to say hello. Hello.